Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. And thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture. And these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Over the past several weeks, I've focused on educational leaders, faculty, and staff making that transition to virtual learning and work. I've been scheduling calls with leaders to learn how they are making this transition. And many of our educators are, or all of us are kind of educators of sorts these days. You know, I've talked to parents and teachers and we're all educating young people today. So today I'm especially excited to have two guests on our show, Dr. Jennifer Lowry, superintendent, and Dr. Tanya Warzeka, director of curriculum instruction and assessment at T Area School District, South Dakota. We're excited to partner with the school district and with the leadership team who is highly focused on continuous improvement. Several weeks ago, I had an opportunity to talk with our two guests. They've done an incredible job with transitioning learning and supporting employees during COVID-19. So Jennifer and Tanya join us today to share their experiences through this transition and how they avoided feeling the chaos and focused on a plan. Um, so Jennifer and Tanya, welcome to our show today. So glad to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. Superintendent Lowry, now tell us a little bit or tell our listeners a little bit about T Area School District. The T Area School District is a relatively young public school district. The district began in July of 2003. In our 17 years, we have grown from 600 students to 2,000 students. We grow between 60 to 130 students per year. Our growth is primarily in our younger grades, as our primary grades are 50 to 100 students larger than our graduating class. Our community is next to the largest city in South Dakota, which is Sioux Falls. The city of Sioux Falls and the community of T are growing into one another. We have three elementary schools, two of which were built in the last six years, a middle school, high school, and district office, which is home to our early childhood programs. I'm completing my ninth year in the district and eighth as superintendent. And this is our first summer that we have not had a major construction project. Oh, wow. So that's, you know, that's kind of unusual, um, you know, in terms of really looking at growth in districts. I mean, sometimes we are really looking at declines, but I just, you know, just curious, what's the cause of the growth? What, what's happening in your area that's making that growth occur? The city of Sioux Falls is very much a regional hub, and we have two major medical providers that are right now getting national attention for their progressive work that they're doing in healthcare. And with that in a very good business culture, um, we have many small businesses in our community that are taking off. Many of those have a huge online component, but the tax structure of South Dakota is very strong and the draw in the region to be near Sioux Falls, but still have that small town feel is driving our community and its development. That's really neat. So it's a, it's a really neat neat time to be a, a superintendent in, a, in an area of growth. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun and fascinating and have a lot of opportunities there. Congratulations to your area with, with looking at that growth and for you all to be able to make an impact in your school district. So as we think about 
um, you know, we've had to make some pretty significant changes over the past six weeks or so. So as the superintendent of the district, talk about the two or three actions you've taken to communicate with employees to keep people moving in a positive direction. I think the work and the study we have done with the Studer Group and with continuous improvement have been critical. The number one thing that we started with is I have made it a habit to include the purpose and the why at the beginning of every communication, whether that's with the employees or the community as a whole. We're the largest employer in the community, and so we're not only a hub for our employees, but also the voice of the community in many respects. The second thing is that we developed a district communication plan with specific timelines, development of keywords, and purposeful timing. We did this for our employees and our community. Then we told them the purpose, the timing, and what they can expect and when they can expect it from us. We've utilized Google Forms so that we can create seven-day cycles for our employees to ask questions and all have the same answers for our teachers to receive weekly feedback and the each building principal to receive feedback so that we can adapt and adjust to the best of our abilities to what we're hearing from our community. And then finally, when I attend meetings, I take scripted notes and send them to the admin team and when appropriate to the fuller community of either teachers and or the full community so that we're all receiving as much information and as accurate each time info continues to come out. And we've used leader rounding, both from a leadership team perspective and then with our larger employee group. And so our second week of instruction, we, Dr. Warzeka and I, and our principals had either teams of teachers based on their grade levels or their content areas. And we use the leader rounding structure of what's going well, what's not going well, and what support do you need from us? We followed that two weeks later with just an open Q&A session, all on Google Meet so that we're personally meeting with each other um, and making it live that I answer any questions that the staff may have on following board meetings. You know what I really like? First of all, very structured communication plan. Specifically, people know how they're going to be communicated with. Real intention of cascading that communication and making communication um, a priority of building relationships. You know, just some true best practices that you all are doing and that you're doing very specifically as superintendent to provide the leadership. One thing I read, you know, time and time again is that the communication needs to come from the executive leader. And it really sounds like that you've prioritized that and are doing very specific actions that people can count on. So really nice work with that. So I'd like to turn a little bit to as we were looking at the high level at the at the district level, and I'd like to turn a little bit to talk about learning and how you you all really focused on transferring to a virtual learning environment. So Tanya, we know that one of the most important aspects of what we do is really continuing to focus on student learning and ensuring our students have an opportunity to learn. Could you talk about how you all have made that transition to virtual learning over the course of the last month or so? Absolutely. We moved very quickly once we got indication that our schools in South Dakota would be closing for a one-week period of time. 
coincidentally, our school calendar already had some of that week scheduled for spring break and parent-teacher conferences. We only had two days of planned instruction for that first week of our school closure. Uh, we mobilized very quickly and surveyed our students to find out what kind of technology and internet access they had at home. Based on our survey results, since we are a one-to-one -one Chromebook school district in grades three through 12, we sent home Chromebooks at our middle school and high school with as many students as who indicated they needed something. Our high school students take their Chromebooks home every day, so that really wasn't an issue. It was more at the middle school. At that time, we made a decision to not send home technology devices with our elementary students, and we utilized those two days of instruction during that week for planning and support of our teachers. From Friday afternoon until Monday morning, the admin team here at T Area worked almost nonstop to try and figure out from our perspective what our e-learning was going to look like so that we could support our teachers in developing that plan. As we moved through that time period, it became apparent to us very quickly that we also needed our elementary students to have their electronic devices. So on Thursday of that week, we handed out district iPads and all of the remaining Chromebooks to students in kindergarten up through middle school. This was really an important component to our ability to move into e-learning because we then can push out apps and control those devices that are in the students' hands. I think one important thing that I should note also is that we didn't implement anything new with our children. We had always had a high expectation for technology integration in our district. And so students in grades three through 12 were already using Google Classroom in many ways. And our students in the lower elementary kindergarten through grade two were using learning platforms, learning management systems in most cases. This allowed us to not overwhelm the families and the students with just one more thing. I think that those pieces are really crucial to that. We initially focused on two weeks of planning, and I think that that also contributed to our ability to get moving quickly because as it turned out, uh, obviously we closed for the entire remainder of the year and that set us up really well to be able to do that. The technology devices allow our teachers to create interactive slideshows. They create instructional videos and push those out to all of the devices. And students are able to upload evidence of learning either through videos or pictures or different things. Teachers are scheduling Google Meets with all of the students so that they can provide instruction and quite frankly, just to touch base and maintain yeah. that social interaction to keep the social and emotional learning and development on par with what we want it to be. I think that those pieces were critical. 
Yeah, gosh, Donna, you know, I just think in terms of um, what I hear from you too, there was just, you know, you had a good infrastructure in place with technology, kind of expectation of how you integrate technology into learning so that you're able to, to transfer that. And then just the focus on using that technology to, to grab, you know, kind of learning objects or ways that teachers could buy, provide feedback on learning that students were demonstrating, you know, just that's what we do in a classroom, right? So we weren't right. really able to, you know, we didn't have to miss a beat there. So, you know, I'd say, um, you know, just as you think about what you all have done, what have you learned during this transition? You know, let's, what's the main thing that you've learned d- during this transition that you'll carry over regardless of the environment that we're in? You know, what, what one thing? We've learned that we have students and teachers who are really responding positively to this type of learning, um, flipped classrooms, self-paced instruction. And I've had multiple conversations with our teachers on what kinds of supports do you think you're going to need next year? What have you liked that you plan on implementing next year? And I definitely foresee some of the same type of learning. Uh, being implemented next year with the appropriate supports of face-to-face instruction as well. Yeah, that's the nice nice part probably that had come out of this is we we might not push ourselves, but we've had to push ourselves and do things a little bit mm-hmm. differently. And we kind of, some of it, I think is kind of neat to learn from and that we like. And, you know, just uh, congratulations to your teachers. I can't say enough for the good work that teachers are doing and the focused work that they're putting into it and the the heart and soul and mind that they put into the work every day. I I hear it. I hear it from you all, you know, that they're really doing the the job that needs to be done and and with care and concern for kids and really focused on learning. So just want to extend congratulations to your teachers as well. Absolutely. I'll share that with them. Thank you. Yvette. So Superintendent Lowry, as we close today, think about your role as the executive leader of the district. What have you learned and what advice would you give other superintendents? Don't let the concept of money cripple you. We are one of the lowest funded districts per student in the state, but we focus our finances on instruction and students first. And that has empowered us moving forward. We came out with a clear plan from day one on communication and on instruction. And we were strong in that plan. That didn't mean that we wouldn't make mistakes, but because we were authentic, personable, and communicated every day, and they knew we would communicate every day. And if the plan wasn't ready, we told them when it would be ready. People have been incredibly gracious and relaxed with us. And we adjusted our plan, but we had a clear plan. We just adjusted minor pieces based on feedback from teachers, students, and the community. So I just I just had a uh, an interview with Quint Studer, who was founder of Studer Group, and you just lived some advice that he provided. We had a had a uh, interview on finances and what happens, you know, as we really think about working through some potential differences in the way our budgets will flow. And you know, one of the things that he said is that you, regardless of what you do, you focus the attention on student learning and really make sure that you're investing your resources in that way and that you're you're continuing to communicate and support and develop your people. You know, that if you basically have those two things in mind, you're going to make the right decisions. 
And I can tell you, it's so interesting what you, what you both of you have really provided today just demonstrates that to be true. Just keep the focus of doing the right thing, build the great communication plan, cascade that communication plan, really focus on students and families and help them do the right things and build that structure and consistency of practice. And as the executive leaders, be the one to, to send the messages out. Yeah, that's what I would, that's what I'd ask our listeners to think about you know, when we, as, a, as an action this week. You know, what's one thing you can do that you can learn from, you know, that you could really, as if you're a leader, to send that message in a particular way that's going to provide the great leadership. And if you're an employee, just think in terms of how you can contribute in a way that you've seen the teachers and the staff at this school district provide collaborative contributions throughout this transitional time. You all, I know you'll learn a lot from it. I know that we all are learning from it and make mistakes, but I can tell you, it sounds like you haven't missed a beat with your students and families. Very appreciative of the, of the work that you do. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so before we go, I, I want to make sure you know about our weekly webinars with our expert coach leaders. Every Tuesday at three o'clock central time, we're beginning to focus now on what's next after we've made the transition to virtual learning and work. We've made those transitions, but there's something ahead of us and things that we need to think about that are going to impact uh, the lives of our families and children and the people that we work with each day. You can learn more about our upcoming events on Studer Education dot com slash events so we hope you'll join us there and as we close today as always thank you for tuning in to accelerate your performance please share the podcast and make sure you're subscribed i look forward to connecting with you next week as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work if you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. Everyone stay safe and have a great week. And thank you, T-Area School District.